Welcome to Long Story Short. Each week, we sit down with different guests to discuss issues important to the campus community at the University of Utah. During the holiday season, much of the celebration of the winter holidays is centered around Christmas. In this episode, we discuss another commonly celebrated winter holiday, although perhaps not as much in Utah. We're, we're talking about Hanukkah. Today we're interviewing Jacqueline O'Shero. She's the author of nine collections of poems. She's received grants from the John Simon Guggenheim Foundation, the National Endowment for the Arts, and the Ingram Merrill Foundation, and was awarded the Witter Binner Prize from the American Academy and Institute of Arts and Letters. She is a distinguished professor of English at the University of Utah, and she teaches my Emily Dickinson class, and I absolutely love it. So I'm so excited to be interviewing you today, and I feel like I could interview you about a bunch of different topics and we'd have a lot to say about them. But today we're gonna to be talking about Hanukkah. It's coming up and um, I'd love to learn more about it. So yeah, let's just let's just jump right into it. Could you just tell me a little bit about, you know, what are some of the origins of Hanukkah? Okay, well Hanukkah, first of all, you should understand that it is among the least important Jewish holidays. Okay. It's a late holiday. The, the other holidays, you know, are in the actual Bible. Hanukkah is not because the events that led to the celebration of it happened after. Oh, know. interesting. So, um, so, you know, for example, on a serious Jewish holiday, you're forbidden to work. You can work on Hanukkah, right? Yeah. So it, it's, it, I think people make a big deal out of it only because it's at the same, I mean, people not Jew, Jews like all their holidays. But yeah. I'm saying that Christians kind of think, oh, this is a big deal Jewish holiday because it's at the same time as Christmas. And, and obviously the Jews in America have tried to make a big deal so their kids don't feel left out. Right. Because obviously Christmas, as you can see, just driving up to the U, you can see in the Union, you can see anywhere you go, Christmas is a big deal. Exactly. Right? So they didn't, I guess, didn't want their kids to feel left out, so they made a slightly bigger deal of Hanukkah than you would ordinarily perhaps do or would have done, say, in the shtetl in Europe. Would have been mm. a big deal. It was a holiday, but it wasn't like this big giant holiday. The biggest holiday for Jews is Passover. That's when we prepare forever the way people do for Christmas and you know, are thinking about it for a month in advance at least, right? That's a right. huge holiday. And when is Passover Passover usually? is in the springtime. Okay. And indeed, Passover is the reason that, that uh, Easter is a movable feast because Easter is almost always at Passover. And it's because I think Easter is something like the first Sunday after the first full moon after the vernal equinox. Okay. And the full moon after the vernal equinox is almost always Passover because the Jewish holidays are by the moon. Oh, and interesting. Okay. Calendar. So that's how Hanukkah is usually decided too. Hanukkah is the 25th of Kislev. It's um, why they picked that date. It must be connected to this the winning of this battle. The, the origin, which is what you asked me. Of yes, is yeah. There was... Let's see. So Alexander the Great, you know, conquered the area in which the Holy Temple was, and that was fine. Alexander the Great, Great had no problem with Jews continuing to honor their religion and practice their religion. And indeed, mm. Jewish kids were always named Alexander and mm. still are, right? 
Um, then there were, and again, do I know the history of the Middle East? Not really, but then the, there were these kind of what Hellenistic Assyrians, or I guess they get called. And there, the kings were Antiochus, and even I think Antiochus III was fine. I think it was Antiochus IV that had no tolerance for the Jewish practice of religion, and they yeah. took over the Holy Temple and they desecrated it. Oh, wow. And the Jews didn't go for that, or at least some of them didn't. Some of them were delighted to be Hellenized, I think, and some of them wanted to continue their old practices, and obviously it's those people that were honoring on Hanukkah. So they had a rebellion, they were successful, they took back the Holy Temple. Wow. And then they cleaned it and rededicated it. And then eventually a sort of legend, because you know, you need a whole uh, you, a sort of eternal light in the temple. You need a light that's always burning. And there was, you know, the legend that got, I think it's a, it was 600 years after or so that this legend started to circulate, was that there was enough oil only for one day, but somehow the oil lasted for eight days. Right. Hmm. So Hanukkah, which basically means which means dedication. Hanukkah um, is the celebration of the dedication, you know, the reconquering of the temple, um, the rededicating of it, being able to use it again. And then this story about the oil lasting for eight days is obviously had a huge effect on the way the holidays celebrated. You have this candelabra. It's actually got nine candles, but eight are for the days, okay. and one is the sort of helper candle, because those candles are meant to be only for light. They can't be used for anything else. They can't light one another. You need the helper candle to light the other candle, because they're supposed to be purely celebratory, right? Yeah. And there's lots of, you know, we have loads of little rules about everything. So <laughs> that's one of them, right? You can't light, you know, you can't light one candle with the other, only the yeah. helper okay. candle. And then the other thing is that the traditional foods are all oily, fried foods. So we, Eastern European Jews like me, we eat potato latkes, potato pancakes, mm. which are delicious. Um, and uh, some people eat them with applesauce and some people eat them with sour cream. I've had them once before. They are really good. And I will assure you that the better way to eat them is with sour cream. Okay, because yeah. The reason there's applesauce is because Jews don't eat milk and meat together. So if you're eating a meat meal, you can't have sour cream with your potato pancakes, at which point you use applesauce. But I'm telling you, you want them with sour cream. Okay, so you eat latkes, but in Israel they eat what they call souvganiot, which are jelly donuts. Again, mm. fried food. Yeah. And then different other nationalities have. I tried, I think it was a Spanish Jewish recipe with these, these um, fritters made with chickpea flour. I'm sure... The, the people who know how to make them, make them, and they're delicious. Mine were a little heavy, so I didn't try it again, but I tried. You know? yeah. But anyway, it's basically fried foods, but what we eat are latkes. So you light this candelabra, you do this, all Jewish holidays begin at sundown. So, so you, sundown on the first day. So the first night, so the, the beginning of a holiday, for example, Hanukkah yeah. this year begins December 18th at sundown because our days start at sundown. Mm. The reason for this, if you're familiar with Genesis, and it was evening and it was morning the first day. If it was evening, it was morning the second day. In Genesis, the day is started evening. So all Jewish days start at evening. So you begin really by lighting these candles and saying blessings and then singing all these songs. We have lots of Hanukkah songs. And, um, and that's, that's what we do. We light these candles. We sing a bunch of songs. We eat. 
Then yeah. we play games. Now the traditional, again, the Eastern Europeans use this top. It's called a dreidel, which just means spinning, spinning thing, spinning top. Okay. In Yiddish, and it has different letters on. It's basically a gambling game. But usually, at least with our kids, we would buy tootsie rolls or these. You know, Hanukkah Gelt used to these chocolate coins. Mm, like gold, the gold house, coins. So I brought them. Yeah. Uh, or we, you know, nuts. I mean, they didn't gamble for money. They, you know, you have to put in the nuts some or you take them. Yeah. Depending on which letter your top lands on. That's the traditional Hanukkah game. Uh, and we always play it at least once. But you play whatever game, right? I know people who play poker on Hanukkah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, you know, just games. So... Well, I'm curious, within the Jewish community, are there different parts that celebrate Hanukkah differently than others? Well, everybody lights the candelabra. That's yeah. the biggest thing. I think everybody's got Hanukkah songs. In fact, there was, you know, there's a, uh, there are, there's a language, you know, Yiddish, the Jewish language, yeah. I say all four of my grandparents' native tongue, right? Yeah. That's a language that was spoken in Eastern Europe. It's basically medieval German mixed with some Hebrew and some Aramaic, and then whatever language is around. It's mm. a kind of a high. So, for example, I would you would hear Yiddish spoken in America, and you would hear "Dos zera beautiful," right? So they <laughs> yeah. turn "beautiful" into a Yiddish word, right? So, but there's also a language of the Jews from Spain. You know, they were thrown out in 1492, mm. and they, you know, this this language is largely Spanish, also with some Hebrew thrown in it's called ladino and it's still spoken in places like turkey uh bulgaria i think it was definitely spoken by the jews of ex-yugoslavia wow again, so this line again another one that's not there are not a lot of speakers but there are some yeah i think in egypt there were jews who spoke of course they were all thrown out of egypt in the 50s but whatever it, it, that language too and we know a Hanukkah song in that language. I once went to a concert of a singer of Jewish songs in that language, learned this great Hanukkah song. So we always sing that too. So we sing the Yiddish songs, we sing some English songs, we sing a lot of Hebrew songs, but we also throw it. So obviously I would imagine Jews from the different cultures yeah. have their own songs, right? But there's like four different languages that there are songs in, Yiddish, Hebrew, well, there's Yiddish, Ladino. there's Hebrew, there's Ladino, and then there's whatever... For example, I have a friend whose parents were Iraqi Jews. Yeah. And she speaks a version of Arabic that's Jewish Arabic. Oh, Iraq. cool. Yeah. So I think Jews had their own languages in lots of places. Wow. Right. So again, I don't, could I distinguish between her Arabic and regular Arabic? Yeah. Of course I couldn't. But she tells me it's their language. You know? And the so the different parts of the Jewish culture will oftentimes be very influenced by the language, Absolutely. right? But lights are oftentimes kind of um, going on through all of the different well, parts. And, and Hanukkah yeah. lights are essential. And as yeah. I think I mentioned to you, I think uh, clearly it's the darkest time of the year. Yeah. So everybody's got a holiday, which involves lights. Right. It's a way to cheer yourself up in a dark season, right? Well, there's and kind like, of a metaphor there too, right? Of like light in the darkness. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think that that's probably true of lots of religions holidays at this time of year. Yeah. Diwali. Um, certainly Christmas involves lights. I mean, again, I'm, I don't know enough to be able to name all of them and describe them. But. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about how you feel like Hanukkah is misrepresented at all or um, 
you know, within the public in general or if the media portrays Hanukkah in a certain way? Are you there? Know, I don't yeah. really pay a lot of You know, I have to be honest. I don't really pay a lot of attention. I'm trying to think of movies in which Hanukkah takes place. But again, movie that's really focused on, like, for example, The Garden of the Finzi Contini, a great movie about Jews in Italy. You see a Passover Seder. You don't see Hanukkah, or I don't remember seeing Hanukkah. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie in years, but it's a great movie. Okay. It's uh, it's De Sica, a really good movie. Cool. But anyway, so I'm just trying to think. I can't even think of a movie in which mm. Hanukkah is celebrated, but maybe I'm just not paying attention. Mm. So um, it's really not represented, because I feel like there's a lot of other December holiday movies, like Christmas. Is exactly. su- like Christmas movies are such a thing, but it sounds like there's not a ton of... Hanukkah representations and culture in that, general that I can immediately think of not really and again this would make sense because it's not like it's a huge holiday it's a fun little holiday yeah right yeah and again it's not the way Christmas is where you get presents for everybody you know there's a tradition of giving kids money on Hanukkah yeah um here in America it started to be presents just so the kids wouldn't you know, because all their friends are getting Christmas presents, so let's give them presents instead of money. But again, that's where the chocolate coins come from. Yeah. Because you give out, you give kids money, so you give them chocolate money, too. Right, that, again, became a thing. So that's kind of the biggest gift. Yeah, you just give a little bit, you know, again, a little bit of my, my grandmother, she would get us presents, too, because, again, she had a very few, she had one child who had a few children, right? So yeah. She made a fuss over us. But she also would get us silver dollars. She would go to the bank. At that time, crazily, you could, I think, just give a dollar for a silver dollar. Mm. So she would give us silver dollars every year along with some mm, presents. That's rather, sweet. Because that was her idea that you give kids money. She was from Eastern Europe. So so she would give us silver dollars, right? Yeah. Um, do you have any other favorite Hanukkah memories throughout your life? Your grandmother gave you silver dollars. Yes, my well, we would always go to my grandmother's in, in Brooklyn. And the other thing that I remember, which is funny, you know, she was very, very, she was devout. She cared about Judaism a great deal. That was hugely important in her life. But she would point to us to see, look, look, see, there's a Christmas tree in that window. She, she in other words, people have this idea that maybe Jews are want to stay away from Christmas. Absolutely not true. My mm. grandmother was thrilled to see people celebrating a holiday. Yeah. It wasn't her holiday. Right. She didn't have to celebrate it, but she would always show us Christmas trees. I was taken to see Christmas decorations. Obviously, I didn't talk to Santa. He wasn't my guy. Yeah, but, yeah. But, you know, we weren't, we didn't, it was fun. You know, we the world was having fun. We were delighted that the world was having mm. fun. We'd go look at the windows too. You know, it was that kind of thing. Yeah. But for us, the fun was really we'd play dreidel, we'd light these candles, we'd learned all these songs, we sang them. With my my children love to sing all the songs. And we often are celebrating Hanukkah, you know, maybe with their cousins, my sisters, you know, whoever, little kids from around the neighborhood, whatever. And so we'll sing more songs depending on how Hebrew tolerant the crowd is. Mm. But I will tell you a favorite. Yes, yeah. So I'm crazy about my next door neighbors they're fabulous people and their their daughter uh well both their kids were born when they already lived next door to me so i've known these kids since they were born and the daughter i guess was in first grade and the um this teacher said they should each bring in a family tradition for the holidays and talk about it 
So her mother, who's the kind of person who makes her own Christmas ornaments with her kids' pictures in them and goes crazy for Christmas and does all this beautiful stuff, she said, Flora, what tradition are you going to talk about? Yeah. And Flora said, well, sometimes we get to go to Jackie's for latkes. Can you imagine? (laughs) So, of course, they always come over for latkes every Friday. So now Flora, I think, is about to be 19. So they've been doing that for a long time. But alas, I have yet to break it to them. I will be with my kids in New York. So mm. no latkes this year. Yeah. Sorry. yeah. <laughs> That's kind of a great story. Oh, that is great. Well, I'm curious, are there any, I do want to talk about if there's any other um, highlight Jewish holidays for you, aside from Passover and oh, Hanukkah. All our holidays are highlights for me. But we yeah. have another fabulous holiday in the fall called Sukkot when you build a little booth in your backyard and it has branches for a roof. You're supposed to see the stars and the moon through the branches because you eat out there. So, and it's, that's really fun for kids. They have this whole house and they decorate it. Yeah. So that's fun. My kids always brought their friends from school uh, to decorate the sukkah. So I've had, I mean, you name it. I've had Muslims decorating the sukkah. I've had Hindus decorating the sukkah. I've had Mormons decorating the sukkah. I've yeah. had, you know, Unitarians, anybody. Catholics. Yeah. So it's been really, really fun. So, and that, the kids love that, you know, going out, sitting out there eight days a week. And in Utah, it's heaven. I mean, when mm. I was a little kid, you're sitting out there shivering. It's raining. In Utah, it is always gorgeous. On the time. In fact, I always say God loves the Jews of Utah because <laughs> we have the best weather yeah. when we're out there in this booth. Because it's usually, I don't know, it could be this year it was a little late. When, was it this year that it went toward the end of October? Though, actually, I was in New York. Oh, okay. It was spectacular. So yeah. my daughter says, because God loves the Jews of Utah, Mom, and you're here, so we got good weather. Yeah. <laughs> you know? but, but that's a great holiday. That's one of the important ones. There are three sort of important holidays, the pilgrimage festivals. There are Passover, Sukkot, the one I just said, yeah. the booth. And then there's Shavuot, which is the giving of the Ten Commandments. And what's great about Shavuot is that you eat cheesecake and blintzes, which are delicious. Mm. The food is huge to us, I assure you. Yeah. <laughs> Most of our holidays involve special foods. Of course, in the early fall, right, we have New Year's and the Day of Atonement. Okay. And New Year's is fun. And there you have to have apples and honey for a sweet and fruitful year. You know, we always have. But the Day of Atonement, you have to fast. So this is not a favorite holiday. One, one, one does it, but you know, no coffee for 25 hours. This is a big problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Namely me. But, right. But it's, you know, but we celebrate all the holidays. And we have another sort of post, well, it's not really post-biblical, actually. It's just not a non-working holiday is, because it is biblical, it's a story of Esther. Um, it's uh, Purim, which is like a masquerade. It's, it, it, it might, you people get dressed up and do crazy things and you go to synagogue and read the book of Esther and whatever the bad guy's name is mentioned, that's Haman. Um, the kids make noise with noisemakers. So you get to syn- go to synagogue and make a ton of noise, which is really very odd. Yeah, yeah. So that's really fun. And also you, it's sort of the opposite of Halloween in that you go around giving everybody treats. Mm. So you make these fabulous cookies. I give them out. They're called hamantash and they're delicious. Mm. So again, it's all about food. Yeah. As I, I think I mentioned to you, right. our little joke about a lot of our holidays, basically the essence of it is, as it is with Hanukkah, they tried to kill us, we're still alive, let's eat. Yeah. That's, that's Jewish holidays. Yeah. You know, or at least three of them, right? Oh, that's great. Well, <laughs> uh, do you know of any resources that um, 
you know, Jewish students can find on at the U. I'm sure that Hillel must be doing something for oh, Hanukkah, okay. though it is this year during Christmas, you know, Christmas break, winter yeah, break. Yeah, right. So the students might not be around. You, you know, I think Hillel does things for all the holidays. Yeah. Okay, cool. So that's a great resource right there. Awesome. Well, before we end, I would love to, you brought a book. Yeah. I would love to hear an, um, an excerpt from it or well, if you could talk a little bit about a, it. This book is a children's book. It's a children's, it's a version for children of a story. I'm in the, not in front of the thing of a story by Shalom Aleichem, one of the great Yiddish uh, writers um, who, uh, and he, in fact, it's his stories that were used um, to create Fiddler on the Roof. They're the basis of the story mm. Fiddler on the Roof, Tevye the Dairyman. So he's a you know, major Yiddish writer. And he wrote a story called Hanukkah Gelt, Hanukkah Money. And uh, they, they did a children's book out of it. That's, this is a shortened version. And my kids loved it so much that now, at the ages of 35, 32, and 28, they still insist that I read it to them every year, even if we're not in the same place. So yeah. I read it over Zoom. Um, but I, again, I'm not sure how it'll play, but maybe. So these are, these are two little brothers. It's from the voice of, of, uh, of one of the brothers. And so the, so the morning of Hanukkah, they go to visit their aunt and uncle. Um, so here I'll read this, this excerpt. So good morning, Aunt Pessel. Good morning, Uncle Moshe Aaron. We burst out together. Aunt Pessel, a tiny woman with one black eyebrow and one white, helps us take off our coats, unwinds our scarves, and makes us blow our noses into her apron. <laughs> blow, she says. Good, good. Blow real good. Don't be stingy. More, more. That's it. <laughs> Uncle Moshe Aaron in a tattered bathrobe with a quilted cotton skullcap on his head, cotton in one ear and a sparse mustache, rubs his hands. Aunt Pestle sits down facing us, her hands on her heart, and starts her usual catechism. What's father doing? Nothing. What's mother doing? Nothing. Rendered fat? Rendered. Mm. Fried pancakes? Fried. <laughs> Uncle Benny came? Came. Played checkers? Played, and so on. Aunt Pestle blows our noses again and calls out to Uncle Moshe Aaron, Moshe Aaron, Hanukkah money for the children. Uncle Moshe Aaron doesn't hear. He rubs his hands and continues croaking out the morning prayer. <laughs> Aunt Pestle doesn't give up. She reminds him again, Moshe Aaron, Hanukkah money for the children. Huh? Says Uncle Moshe Aaron, taking out the cotton from one ear and putting it into the other. Hanukkah money for the children, Aunt Peschel shouts right into his ear. Oi, my stomach, my stomach, moans Uncle Moshe Aaron, <laughs> and he holds his stomach with both hands. Hanukkah money? What do children want with money? What will you do with the money? Huh? Spend it, waste it, huh? How much did your father give you, huh? Me a ruble, I say, and him a half. A ruble. <laughs> Children are being spoiled, ruined. What will you do with a ruble? Get changed? Spend it? Huh? <laughs> Don't change it. Do you hear what I say? Don't change it. Are you going to change it? Yes, change it. No, change it. Is it any of your business? Aunt Pestle intervenes. Give them what's coming to them and let them go in good health. <laughs> oh, I love it. I could hear. I think we sh you should do an audio book where you read it because I love the characters <laughs> and your performance. And uh, that's awesome. Well, Speaking of reading and, you know, English, um, before we end, I'd also just love to 
you know, hear what you've been doing with poetry lately. Um, if well, there's I anything, a, yes. I have a new book coming out. What is it called? Book. It's called Divine Ratios. Divine Ratios. Uh, and indeed, I can tell you, it's we're going to have the book launch at the King's English March 23rd, 6 o'clock. It's a Thursday night. So March 23rd, 6 so o'clock. I'll be there. Come and you can hear what I'm doing with poetry. Great. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jackie. I, I loved hearing about Hanukkah and your stories, and it, it's always great to talk to you. So thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, guys. It's Talmadge, and we're doing a panel discussion today on Hanukkah. So we're just going to go around and introduce ourselves with name, pronouns, year, and major, and also our favorite holiday movie. So I'll start. My name's Talmadge. My pronouns are he, him. Um, I'm a sophomore, and I'm majoring in English. Oh, I love holiday movies, but my favorite is Scrooge. It's a 1970 um, adaptation of A Christmas Carol, and it's a musical. So please go watch it if you haven't seen it. Interesting. Yeah. I'm Parker. Uh, I'm the director here. Uh, I go by he, they, and my favorite Christmas movie is the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that is totally a Christmas say what, movie. Say what you want. It's all about presents and snow and elves. And well, it has, it's got a lot of... I mean, it's set at Christmas, but like the, my second favorite Christmas movie is The Sound of Music, which has nothing to do with Christmas other than <laughs> it's, that a Christmas other movie? than we play it every Christmas. That's a Christmas movie. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So I'm Ben. Um, I use he, him pronouns. I am a um, fourth year at the U, senior studying political science and peace and conflict studies. And my favorite Christmas movie is, or holiday movie in general. It's probably Elf. Mm, that's or a the good Polar one. Express. Dude, yes. I, I guess you can tell from our choices of movies that we are, in fact, all people who celebrate Christmas. Yeah, culturally yeah. Christian. Yeah. So that's we why, celebrate Christmas. Yeah, that's why we thought it was so important to have on someone who celebrates Hanukkah, because especially here at the U, so much of, I mean, in Utah in general, so much of the population celebrates Christmas. Oh, yeah. So much of the population is Christian or formerly Christian, but not of these other faiths. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, I mean, there is a Jewish population at the U, you know? There so is. I think like yeah. hearing more about like, hey, like even just the resources of like finding other Jewish students, I think that's really important, you mm -hmm. know, to keep tradition alive and. Um, yeah, I mean, the, you know, the U.S. is a largely, even if it's not a Christian nation, it's very culturally Christian. Like yep. Easter, you know, you get days off. It's We call it Christmas break a lot of times for mm -hmm. at the U, you know. So, so yeah, I agree with you. It's like, hey, we need to have discussions about other great holidays going on, yeah. you know. For sure, for sure. I thought that was, yeah. And, you know, Jackie, your professor, yeah. she was a great interview, and I thought she gave us a lot of good context surrounding Hanukkah and its significance or even just, you know, like we tend to make such a big deal about Hanukkah, but maybe it's not as big of a deal to Jewish yeah. people. What right. I think is so interesting about that is that's a holiday that celebrates like the resistance against a cultural force yeah. trying to get rid of the Jewish population, but we've kind of forced it to fit into our understanding of having a holiday at the solstice for sure that's mm. um that is very um ironic it's I kind think. of insidious if you ask me but oh, yeah. i don't know maybe i'm not one to judge well, uh, it's just it's unfortunately how we've it's kind of an all forced cultural assimilation yeah. right yeah
and it's unfortunate. And I think there are things we can do to like having people on the talk about it, you know, so people can understand it better um, is definitely things we can do to help push back against that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, kind of giving more of an authentic view, right? Like coming from someone who actually celebrates it, mm -hmm. um, what it is. And yeah, hearing about the origins were super fascinating. But yeah, also it's like, it sounds like Passover is a much bigger holiday. Oh, yeah. But growing up, I always thought like, oh, the Jewish holiday is Hanukkah mm -hmm. because, you know, like, oh, we're doing Christmas. You know, what are the Jews doing? Hanukkah. But, mm -hmm. but really it's like, hey, there's a lot of great Jewish holidays throughout the year. Yeah. Like, why aren't we discussing those too? Sure. I, I didn't know a lot about, about, about um, a lot of the ones she mentioned. Yeah, I mean, for me growing up, Passover was a pretty significant religious occasion. Mm. Mm -hmm. We talked a lot about at church in a different context. Yeah. But, um, not so much um, recognized as, you know, the holiday that it is yeah. culturally. This might be getting a, a little off topic, but uh, I grew up Mormon. I'm no longer. But so much of, like, the presentation of the Old Testament is odd to me looking back because of the because of the context that it's presented in. Mm. in the church compared to like the original Hebrew and Jewish traditions. They're just so different than yeah. what we, what the Christian presents it as like, yeah, I might be wrong, but in the original text, like Satan isn't like an evil guy. He's kind of like uh, just a guy that God sends to like test people. It was more of like, not even a name. It was, like Satan's not a name; it's like just a word for. It's a word for the you know tempter, I think. Yeah, right? it's um, the one that God sends to tempt people. Not so much, you know, the like you know very like how do you put it? Judea, not Judeo Christian, the Christian. Yeah. The Christian representation of like the evil son of perdition, right? Yeah, and I'm not here. Mm. To, this isn't a podcast <laughs> on religion, and I'm not here to say one's true and one's not because I don't think any of them are. Uh, but <laughs> no, no. I just, we're just talking. Yeah, about I just think. No, sure. I just think it's interesting how Christian culture has assimilated, has like forcibly assimilated so much of Jewish culture. I mean, obviously, there have been genocides against Jewish people, like physically murdering them. Right. But right. Like other definitions of uh, genocide are like eliminating culture, and that's. Mm, luckily yeah. luckily there's Jewish people who have been able to hold on and I'm thankful for that because their culture is so interesting and yeah, it's like, it should stick around it's been going 3,000 years yeah, you like, know, that's and... why a lot of people have such strong yeah. feelings about keeping that culture alive the significance of the state of Israel I'm not going to get political here but like why that is so significant to a lot of people Mm -hmm. It's because of the cultural genocide that has historically been perpetrated against, you know, Jewish people. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of like subtle differences too, right? Of like, you know, Christians or like I will usually refer to um, what I think of as the Old Testament as the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. But, you know, most Jews, I think it's fair to say, call it like the Hebrew Bible. You yeah, know? or the Torah. Right. Yeah. So it's. It's just interesting that even just some of the different name differences of yep. how, you know, we approach different things and our worldviews. And I, but, yeah, I think there's there's just a lot of beauty to keeping traditions and religions mm -hmm. alive in different ways, you know. One thing I think is really beautiful about Hanukkah and 
it sounds like a lot of the other holidays that they celebrate is, I mean, it's about uh, persisting against like great evil, but it's like a fun celebration. It's not like so fun. Yeah, it's not like memor- like we go to mem- we have to celebrate Memorial Day and we go to cemeteries. Right. There's like fried foods and yeah. singing. Yeah. It's about fun. Like I I think that's really admirable. It's really pretty. Yeah. Well, what are some thoughts on just how we can celebrate holidays as an American society differently or um I mean even Christmas, you know, yeah. like what are some ways we can try to change what we do in December as a culture? I think well, what something was really telling was that she referred to the holiday break as Christmas break because that's what it is ultimately. Mm. And universities and schools and whatever can change the name to holiday break instead of Christmas break. But it's still culturally, it's a Christmas break. Mm-hmm. And even if Hanukkah is not a holiday that requires no work, I feel like we can do more to respect that holiday and find some way that they don't have to mm. like mm-hmm. there is some way we can sure. work around this. And I'd be curious, like she seemed to imply that Hanukkah is not on the same, like, cause it's like, it's not one day necessarily. Yes. Yeah. Eight like days. it's not always the same time period every year, mm-hmm. which makes it difficult. Cause like a lot of our holiday break we have, you know, is centered around the new year. Yeah. But it's mainly celebrate centered around Christmas and the new year's like an afterthought, but it's not like we can't do it because we have a break around Easter too. Mm-hmm. Well, Hanukkah last yeah. year I think started on Thanksgiving. Yeah. So it it is interesting how yeah it does switch from year to year, right? It's kind of a different calendar and yeah, yeah. yeah. There are definitely ways we can accommodate it. I sure. am not a public planner or someone who would be in charge of that. But I'm sure Jewish students would like love that if even in the union there's Christmas trees and like, you know, maybe putting up some Jewish stuff too would be cool and I don't know. It'd probably be nice to not have to worry about finals during all of Hanukkah. Oh, definitely. I mean, this year it doesn't. Taylor Randall, if you're listening to this. Yeah, friend of the podcast, (laughs) Taylor Randall. Come on, Taylor. Uh, Yeah, I just feel like we could do something. I don't know what it is. Hmm. Uh, well, do you guys have any other thoughts or on the interview or Hanukkah in general, even Christmas thoughts or anything like that? I think uh, Professor was really great. Uh, yeah. yeah she did I really like the story. She read a little bit of it prior to the interview, too. It's all really funny. It, maybe it's maybe it's better in person because all the hand movements she does. Yeah. Well, the performance. She's very, she's very expressive. The The voice is great. And I hope it comes across because it, it was really entertaining in person. Yeah. Uh, Awesome. Well, Ben, it was great to have her on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everyone enjoy your holiday breaks. We hope everyone. Stay safe. Yeah. Just, you know, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays. Thank you guys. This is great. And that's been another episode of Long Story Short. We hope that you found this episode interesting and informative. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, please make sure to look out for our next one. Mm